Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet. I am Chad Parsons, and we got a busy week getting the recording out in front of the news, but expect a lot of UTH premium content covered for the back of NFL rosters, the back of your dynasty rosters. As Tuesday is the deadline, we're going to have huge, sharp, biting cuts on NFL rosters. And the first thing I want to mention in this week's episode is the mental mindset as a dynasty owner, that you're going to have news hit your phone, hit your device, hit your updates on your platform that you host your dynasty leagues, that a player has been cut a player has been traded a player has not had the most uh, appetizing news item hit for them and your first reaction might be i'm done with them and you click drop i would say exercise some pause that we have a window and i always talk about controlling players controlling access to them that includes your active roster includes your taxi squad includes the ir even potentially this time of year and i would hearken you to Make sure that you know when you actually have to decide on a roster spot. Because if you drop just to drop a player, it doesn't mean right then you can go and pick up a replacement. You, it doesn't mean you can go and pick up uh, someone from a waiver wire bid. And also, assess your options. I think this is the perfect time of year to spend the extra time. When you get in the weekly machinations of a waiver wire run, you're going to have typical players you're looking at in similar depths across your leagues. There's rare exceptions, but generally you're going to be looking at the same guys and saying, do I have room for them? So you may have right now a staggered level of players available to you in your leagues. That could be, hey, we haven't had a waiver run since our annual rookie veteran draft. We haven't had a waiver run since May. We haven't had a waiver run maybe since last week. Uh, it varies wildly on how much could be available to you off of the vine, uh, that fresh fruit. So uh, I would say this, you may want to run away from these players and you go, they're done. But I would say have pause because you may not have a decision to be made for another few days. Heck, it might not be next week. I have some of my waiver wires. I think it's September 7th is the first actual waiver run in quite some time. Plus, First come, first serve. Glorious, free, absolutely free discount, uh, discounted players to pick up. Uh, just at your leisure, drop by, uh, go down the aisle, and, and throw whatever into the cart you feel like. Um, so th- you may have whatever internal reactions you want, but until that D-Day, and our D-Day is different than the NFL's D-Day, which is this Tuesday, but still, there's exploitable depth charts around that are going to get churned, and churned means added and subtracted. So I just wanted to keep that in the forefront of your thoughts for your Dynasty teams. That said, feature topic this week on the weekly show here, free to everybody, and again, I would point you towards uh, premium content over at UTH Dynasty as well as Patreon because that's where you get the centered content. I did 10 to 15 minutes on Trey Lance, for example. You're going to get 
Yeah, is it 15, 30 seconds on this show? You're going to get a much more detailed view of Trey Lance and Trey Lance, the dynasty asset and that situation. But again, I wanted to go over the three most interesting, intriguing quarterback depth charts and the three most interesting and intriguing running back depth charts this time of year. The list could have been 10 each easily. Um, and frankly, you're going to get deep dives like running back roundup uh, coming this week. It's going to be a little later than usual just because I want Tuesday to settle just a little bit. It might be a Wednesday show. We're going to try to get it in right before waivers. But I actually have Tim and Jordan, uh, who are hosts on the Patreon side, and then Jordan with Dynasty Think Tank, that I have a, basically on call because you can write the best show sheet or notes or topics you, you want on a Monday. But again, this week feels like the week that that's just going to be wasted time. So it's TBD. We're getting ready to call Omaha, Omaha and audibles at the line of scrimmage because of what's likely to occur in the next 24 to 36 hours. Let's get started. Three impactful, interesting quarterback depth charts here. I'm going to start with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts up at the top. We know that, but good system here. And I have been I was so resistant on Tanner McKee that when I watched him, I was like, oh, this is a non-mobile guy. And I was like, eh, milk toast. Well, he's been accurate. Again, quarterbacks, especially young ones, coming out and looking the part. I don't care if it's versus second team, third team. Can you get in and out of the huddle? Can you be accurate, which is different than college accurate? Can you be NFL accurate? And the other thing I would say is Tanner McKee has shown enough mobility, enough mobility to at least say, oh, I might pull it you know, on this, uh, on this play. I might scramble for a few yards. And again, Mariota's mobility is basically the one advantage he has over Tanner, Tanner McKee as a skill set. And so Mariota, QB2 for now, but Tanner McKee is one of the guys that I think in Superflex, even if it's 28 to 35-man rosters, not the deepest in the world, I think you try to find a spot to stash Tanner McKee. Good system, good career start here for Tanner McKee and the small sample size we have, and I just don't trust Marcus Mariota to A, stay healthy, and B, keep McKee over there. And I don't think the Eagles can move on from Tanner McKee. I think they have to keep three quarterbacks. So that's my spidey senses right here. And I think the Eagles with their talent, with their system, it's hyper interesting. And one of the few depth charts you go, I, I think we have to be interested in all three guys. Quarterback depth chart number two of interest as we get towards week one and a lot of changes over the last 24 hours in Arizona. So it's coming out that it looks like Kyler Murray will be on the pup, which means four weeks out to start the season. Window is open. Talk about him as a dynasty asset. I've seen subscribers pay QB 18, 20. I think I even saw QB 21 Superflex startup prices. He's a huge stash player and a profile buy at this point if you've got some moves to make. And that's indica indicated by the trade market as well in Dynasty. But what makes it fascinating is this year. How will they handle Kyle Murray if they start out of the gate 1-4, 1-5? He's maybe ready, kind of ready. Are they going to put him on ice to help secure an elite draft position in next year's draft? But they also cut Colt McCoy, the leader in the clubhouse, the veteran, if you will, never really stayed healthy for long, but he was viewed as the favorite on this depth chart to be the week one starter, but he's cut. He's released. Uh, I agree. It's a road to nowhere. And you look and they spent a 
early day three pick on Clayton Toon. He's had some positive reviews here in the preseason. And then you also have Josh Dobbs. They spent a mid-day three selection on him in the trade market. I don't think Dobbs is going to be ready for week one. I think Clayton Toon is going to be the week one starter. And Toon has been uh, has shown to be a good pocket passer, a little bit of mobility, but that's not really going to be his game. And we really haven't seen the full complement of weapons there in Arizona either with Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, etc. And two good tight ends there for Clayton Toon to actually play with to start the season. Clayton Toon has uptick until uh, uh, probably pretty easily a round two pick in uh, a start of a rookie draft equivalency if he were to get off to a decent start play-wise, even if they start out 0-3 or 0-4. Joshua Dobbs is someone that we have to roster now just because it's a rookie. There might be a quick hook, and Dobbs, again, might, has outs to be the week one starter. But this has a big window now for a team to post a, an option that, again, I don't think is going to be more of a, than a super flex play, someone that can really enter the one quarterback discussion, maybe if it's 16 teams. Uh, to be on the starting radar, but uh, I think this puts Kyler Murray in a chance with the pup list being the most uh, biggest news item out of here that he could be someone that ends up being on ice for the whole year. We have a big opportunity to acquire him early in the season, possibly from a contender, and you can just stash him away uh, by having a flip guy or two and paying a QB 20 type price. Uh, I think that's a huge dynasty opportunity here. And then watching Dobbs, who has flashed a little bit, plus Clayton Toon, a rookie that has played a ton of ball in college. It's a huge opportunity for both of them to see playing time and perhaps pull something in the 50% of, of Brock Purdy as a surprise story this year of someone that could solidify themselves as future starting opportunities. Last one. Dallas Cowboys, number three here. Dak Prescott needs a huge bounce back, right? I mean, so many people are down on him. Not me, uh, not this camp, but they bring in Trey Lance. And I think it's instructive, uh, you know, an important reminder to say Trey Lance, They trade the 49ers traded three first-round picks for him, and he got beat out. He has some injuries. But the fact that they bailed when he was cost-controlled this year cost-controlled next year, a fifth-year option after that, and the team moves on for a day three pick. Let's put it in perspective of what that really means. <laughs> it means the team that knows the most about you and the team that invested the most in you said, no thanks, when they have a lot of salary cap incentive to keep you. And then he goes over to Dallas where you could. there's a good argument to say Sam Darnold learned the offense learned the playbook and everything in San Francisco in one off season more than Trey Lance has to date. And so in my opinion, there's zero threat in the early part of the season at a minimum to Cooper rush by Trey Lance. And that this Dallas investment is basically an investment for 2024. Yeah. Maybe there's a package. Maybe we see him on, you know, a certain fourth down play or whatever, you know, uh, but I think the actual Dak Prescott goes down week three. Who starts the game? It's Cooper Rush. So please, my, one of my biggest action plans, don't move on from Cooper Rush. If you had him before or if you don't have Trey Lance uh, change or alter your mindset with a roster spot in Superflex for Cooper Rush. And Trey Lance, you need to now put him in a bucket, not some super special bucket because I know people were still earlier this offseason had him in the top 15 dynasty quarterbacks despite being you know, probably not going to be the starter and in competition for the QB two spot, which he ultimately lost 
that he was still way up there. You have to have Trey Lance way down in your rankings and valuations and thoughts. Uh, you have to. I have him at 37. I could argue that's too high. <laughs> but the guys around him, I just don't think there's big upside. The rushing upside alone means when he starts a game, he's going to be a top 20 play. Minimum. Top 20 play. And there's plenty of guys that are behind him that you might view as more stable. But... They wouldn't have the upside if they actually played and started for a month. So that's the push-pull when you get down that far. It really is about upside and not so much about can I get some middling start out of somebody. Because what we do know is if Dak Prescott in 2024 goes down for a chunk of time and Lance starts, he will be far more tradable and far more liquid than uh, someone that, like, let's say it's Andy Dalton. If Andy Dalton has a stretch and he's like performing as QB 18 to 27 in Carolina this year, that's not going to move the needle a ton in terms of what you can get in the trade market. And ultimately, that's probably what you care about the most just because he's not going to be a difference maker in your lineup. As I mentioned, uh, did 10, 15 minutes on Trey Lance when he was traded to the Cowboys in the past week. So you get a little more analysis than what you just got in terms of digesting things. Uh, and I will say, the UTH film notes, uh, the preseason, you get to see the preview. It's good reps for me. Uh, there's three, four additions, uh, different parts every single week because when I do a, a chunk or the games are spread out Thursday through Sunday or Monday a lot of times, uh, every single day, uh, you get those different installments and the information you need in terms of depth charts, in terms of emerging younger players and tea leaves for roster spots on your Dynasty League. So you got all of that. And again, Running Back Roundup is a weekly feature in season. Uh, I try to get a lot of shows out on Monday or Monday and Tuesday just because you need them for your action planning later in the week in the, in the regular season, you're going to get a trade show. And again, the film notes shows are going to distill everything down on a busy, busy Sunday that even if you watch Thursday, even if you watch Monday, maybe you watch some Sunday night and one other game, you're missing most of the league. So that's what you need. Uh, the five, five, six, seven minutes on every single game. And I'm trying to do a good job being more concise this year, but you get those concise notes. And again, becoming a general manager plus subscriber over at UTH Dynasty, you get a free pre preview of the trade calculator, as well as all the waiver content, trading uh, podcasts, like I mentioned, and uh, final thoughts. You know, we get to Friday when you get the final practice reports. There's always a first come, first serve player that we need to be interested in, get some ownership, get some market share across our Dynasty leagues late in the week. And that action planning can be the most impactful of. Of the entire week that you get. Final part of the content and show this week is flip and same same process as the quarterbacks. We got the three most impactful or interesting running back depth charts. So again, I do this every week going through all 32 teams. We go through ads, drops. Uh, we talk about Hilo, which is high leverage opportunity score in season and rotations, upside, all of that um, on a weekly basis. One of my favorite things to do in analysis in Dynasty and for our final Dynasty roster spots. But let's go through the three most impactful depth charts in terms of moving pieces right now. I'm going to go with Carolina Panthers. Miles Sanders, I would start out by saying he's healthy for now, dot, dot, dot. But do you trust him to be a featured workhorse? I don't. <laughs> you know, this has been a game we've gone down that rabbit hole too often in, in Miles Sanders' career. So fresh start in Carolina, but tough to trust. So that makes the backups pretty interesting. Chuba Hubbard, he's another one. He's kind of like Jerick McKinnon in Minnesota. I will believe it when I see it with a big workload 
and a three down roll. We saw Amir Abdullah pinch into his production and opportunities before. And frankly, we saw it a little bit last year with Raheem Blackshear. I think Blackshear is an intriguing running back three on a depth chart here behind Chuba Hubbard. You have Spencer Brown. Uh, they've consolidated down to four. Well, they consolidate down to three. But Chuba Hubbard right now is dinged up. So you have Miles Sanders, tough to trust. The running back two, Chuba Hubbard, but he has his track record of a little bit tough to trust and a little bit dinged up right now. So Raheem Blackshear is not really like a running back three. He's almost like a running back two and a half, you know, somewhere in there of just interesting. He could be the new Amir Abdullah where he just takes value, vampire-like, away from the running back two, but he also might have some standalone or might actually move up in the hierarchy. So I think Carolina is one of those interesting situations. Next, number two is Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Mixon. Still possibility for him to get a short suspension. Obviously, as the days go by, that becomes less likely of a of an impingement here early in the season, especially, or maybe the whole season. But Joe Mixon is not one that we, we view as in the clear with no smoke circling on things that could occur with him. Then we have Travion Williams, the presumptive running back two. He's been injured. We have not seen him. So these tea leaves in the preseason of, oh, well, we we very directly see this player playing earlier in the game and playing ahead or more starter snaps or all these different factors ahead of player B. Well, we have not had that with Travion Williams. So he's injured, kind of like Kenny Wongwu. It makes it a tough conversation of saying, well, is he actually the running back too? We have not seen it. And then I would say Chris Evans, is one of my more tough-to-trust players. I liked him coming out of college. He was a back of good size with a receiving-centric profile. The problem is they've used him almost solely as a receiving-centric guy, and I think he struggles as a pure runner, which makes me skeptical he's going to actually be a three-down, 15-plus touch player if the opportunity presented itself with Joe Mixon out of the mix. And then you have Chase Brown. Of Travion Williams, Chris Evans, and Chase Brown, Brown is actually the guy I like the best. As a, I could see 15-plus touches a week. I could see an actual injury-away fill-in player to see quality starts, usage, and production. He's the guy I trust the most, but right now he's running as running back four when you project this out of Travion Williams. Will he be healthy? But I think if Williams is not healthy for week one, all bets are off. We'll, we'll actually see what they think about Chris Evans. Is he going to play the Samaj P. Ryan role? Uh, Chase Brown, where does he fit? This, to me, is a fascinating one. And we're talking about the team that was number four in high leverage opportunity score for running backs in 2022. High octane Bengals offense and one that the running back can get lost a little bit. In terms of, we got to pay attention to all these other pieces, and hey, that might actually lead to a, a breakout, long-awaited season by uh, by Irv Smith at tight end if he can stay healthy. But at running back, again, you can get some easier yards. You're going to have opportunities in the red zone at the goal line, and I, I think right now for for an action plan. Chris Evans is one that I'm half in, half out, half out. I know he's available on a lot of waiver wires, but if I like Chris Chase Brown more and Travion Williams is a TBD because of his own injury and we don't know where he sits because he hasn't been active in the preseason, that is a wild card scenario. So Chris Evans is one that has to prove it to me. I don't think he's an auto pickup. I will say 
probably the most long-term impactful decision you're going to have to make. And to me, it's an easy one is if early in the season, let's say Travion Williams is healthy, or let's say Chris Evans is the number two, Joe Mixon is going along with a good market share clip as the starter. If someone in September drops Chase Brown, I think you have to be interested. He was someone that at his peak was a late second round rookie pick, probably in the third round. Maybe he dipped to the early fourth in an extreme range of his value this summer. But I think he has the best long-term projection to be the number two back next season, perhaps be the number two back at some point this season. And I think you have to get that value if someone drops him in your mid-20s roster size for a dynasty league. Finally, we have number three, the Indianapolis Colts. This is even more uh, more impactful, I will say, but also uh, more moving pieces than the Cincinnati Bengals. Jonathan Taylor feels like he won't be moved. Feels like he will be the week one starter for the Indianapolis Colts as the most likely scenario. However, you have some percentage chance he pulls a Le'Veon Bell and does not play. I choose not to run. For one game, three games, we know how Le'Veon Bell went. It turned into a long time. It turned into a career changer. Now, Jonathan Taylor's a much better player, but uh, that, is an oper- that is a possibility that he is on the Colts and yet not on the Colts. Other option is he is traded, and then we open up the floodgates to what could happen with the running backs that remain. Take out Taylor. Zach Moss dinged up. Is he going to play week one? I don't think so. Is he going to play week two? Much more likely. Week three, a lot more likely. So I think he's on a short-term timetable, but he may or may not be active for week one or two. Then you have Evan Hull. He's looked really good. I like him. I like him quite a bit. Deion Jackson, he flashed last, last year. You have Hull and Jackson, both affordable. You probably have uh, off the waiver wire, decent amount of shares uh, out of Deion Jackson possible from dating back to last year. You probably didn't drop him. Evan Hull was highly affordable in the later third or even fourth round of rookie drafts. And then here's the here's the part, just like Travion Williams, you can't sit here and drop Zach Moss because right now he would be the running back too if fully healthy by all accounts. He's not healthy. He's not ready to go, but he still might be ready to go Uh, when the Colts kick off in week one. And the biggest part of this whole thing for the Colts backfield is Anthony Richardson is going to unlock a lot. Looking at the preseason, the fact that he hasn't even really stressed the defense as a runner and the Colts run game looks outstanding. And I think a big part of that also is the offensive line playing a lot better. So if you say efficient backfield, I mean, they were number nine in Hilo last year, and that was with the offensive line notably not playing well. So improved offensive line, this could be a top five situation for a running back. You may not have the clarified situation if it's not Jonathan Taylor there, but it exists. The upside exists here. So that's why you got to be in on Moss, in on Hull, in on Jackson. And again, I've said before, my last point here on running backs would be in an ideal world, you have more running backs from more depth charts as opposed to, well, I have Moss and Hull and Jackson. You're decreasing your upside when you have doubles from the same backfield because you can only have one starter from that group and cluster. But let's say you have Tyrion Davis-Price, you have 
uh, Chris Rodriguez. You have, uh, you know, you're just mixing and matching from a bunch of different depth charts. The upside exists that all of them are starters at the same time, and you have more than you need, and more trading opportunities exist, or more optionality for your lineups exist. My favorite thing is when you get to like week seven, and oh, I can only start three running backs, but I have five NFL starters I would feel comfortable with, and I would bet if the other two that I don't start were on another dynasty team, they would likely be in lineups. But I have better options. That is a great scenario. It's A, keep away, but B, you get to start even more optimal scenarios than the, well, he's starting, so he's in my lineup and he's starting for me. Uh, That is a good plan, but the great plan is having more of those so you have better options in total. Want to take a minute and tell you about all the offerings over at patreon.com slash UTH. We have a weekly feature show talking waiver wire this time of year and through the end of the regular season. We have a section on the waiver wire every single week. Tim Torch and I go off topic, uh, NFL-wise, dynasty-wise, sometimes life-wise. So you want to get on board with that. It's the way to hear Tim Torch and I cut it up like we used to on the weekly show, as well as other content on UTH. Now he's housed over at patreon.com slash UTH. Also, past couple weeks, I go over UTH transparency report. That is where you get the look into the strategy, the player selection, and the deals that I make in my own dynasty leagues. Uh, You're going to want to hear the discussion that on a seven for one consolidation trade that I made in one of my leagues. I don't know if I've ever done seven for one. I've tried. (laughs) I've tried to do seven for one or four for one, but I actually executed one as well as the section that I'm going to do every single week in season. I started it out this past week on the most traded player list. So that's going to be on MFL. It's going to be on other resources. Who is being moved the most? And I'm going to dissect their value, discuss some trading, and discuss whether they're a buy or a sell, and frankly, uh, your opportunities to maybe do either in your leagues. And also, every, from time to time, I'll do a historical look at a player. Uh, this this past week, we had Corey Davis retiring, stepping away from football. So happy trails to Corey Davis. Um, so again, you're going to get all that content on a weekly basis, the fire hose. And what I will mention, because a lot of people don't know this, even if they've been signing up to Patreon for weeks and months, is... You can connect UTH Patreon shows to whatever podcasting platform you want. There's a private RSS feed. You can get my help with it, but there's also a post in the last two or three weeks to guide you through that process. So if you listen on Overcast or Apple Apple Podcasts or any of those stock, um, you know, most popular, and I would say it encompasses 95% of people that it's one of five or six different apps they listen to on a podcast on their phones that you can get it, your own separate feed for UTH Patreon. So it's a huge efficiency uh, time saver so you can have all your shows, UTH Premium, the Patreon stuff, your other shows, all of that on the same device. So again, just know that that is not a barrier anymore. And I know that's been frustrating for some people. And it's mainly a shame on me, shame on uh, for not sharing uh, of this is possible and helping people one-on-one, but not distributing it distributing it in a massive fashion like this. So looking forward to having you on the Patreon channel. Also, I would remind you, if you sign up, uh, let me see, in the next three days, so Thursday or so is when it's going to come out in full form. The invite uh, to build your team for the UTH best ball contest. It's over at my fantasy league, get prizes, uh, compete against the best against Tim Jordan, Katie and myself, as well as other dynasty diehards and UTH super fans. Uh, you want to get on that list so you can submit your team, sign up as a uh, all pro patron. You're going to get access to the VIP chat and all these, all this, these shows that I told you about, but also you're going to get to submit a team 
so that you can be in the best ball contest this year. Build it against a salary cap, set it and forget it, and compete all year in the best ball contest. Fun to track. We talk about it uh, every single week. Uh, here and actually I'll do an update here on the weekly show um, just on who finished at the top so you get a shout out if you win a week you also get a shout out if you're consistently near the top of the standings so it's a lot of fun I get to put some UTH prizes and otherwise into the prize pool on an annual basis so sign up as an all pro at patreon.com slash UTH thanks so much for listening this week got to get back to the grind it's going to be a huge week in terms of churn for those final roster spots as I mentioned have some patience also uh, from the very top of the show and Heed some advice from some of those ambiguous running back and quarterback depth charts for the applicable formats. I am Chad Parsons. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.